and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how you doing blah happy birthday yeah it's my birthday as of release date not recording so future brett haha you're 30 i'm still 29 fuck you <laughs> yeah which is why we're doing this movie yes the yeah why we are doing a um vampire double feature uh, one episode removed from another Dracula movie? Yeah, people who don't like vampires are gonna, like, hate us after this. You realize this, right? Oh, but I had so much fun doing it. I even watched extra vampire movies over the weekend. Of Singuli was showing a vampire movie, I think it was Kiss of the Vampire, and Mr. Lobo showed Return of the Vampire on his show. I'm all blah 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 out. Oh, but we still have Shadow of the Vampire to go. I know. I am excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But Return of the Vampire from 1943, the Columbia Pictures vampire movie. Of There's a lot of speculation about if Bella Lugosi doing this movie is why he didn't return as Dracula for, was it like House of... Frankenstein and House of Dracula, I believe. And they had that Carradine in there. Yeah. And a lot of people speculate that Universal got mad at him for going to other companies and making vampire movies. I mean, I can kind of see it because it's a step away from being Dracula. You know what I mean? Like, he's literally dressed up in the full Dracula getup doing a movie for another company. I can kind of see it, you know? Oh, yeah, and this is, like, amongst fans, it's the unofficial sequel to Dracula. Very much, because, you know what's a lame name for a vampire, Brett? Tesla? Armin Tesla, yes! Yeah, especially today. Yeah, it's just, it just I don't makes, know. makes me think of extremely rich pale men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, from 1943, directed by Lou Landers, and the big thing, like you said, Columbia Pictures. Yes. Um, Lou Landers also did The Raven uh, with Universal that had Bella and Boris Karloff both in it. So they had a history. Oh, cool. So you've seen this before then, right? Oh, oh God. I just saw this. I watched it right before the podcast. I watched it two days ago on Cinemasker, uh, not Cinemasker, Cinema Insomnia. I have the DVD of it because uh, during our honeymoon, we went to Ides in Pittsburgh and I found it and I was like, oh. <gasps> Because it's a hard movie to find. Yeah, like, it was hard to find online, I'm not going to lie, because it wasn't streaming on anything. So I found a, <laughs> it was on Daily Motion is how I watched this. And it was the worst copy in the world, I oh. think, that I watched. Like, you could tell, like, where the film was separating and everything. Like, it's definitely not been restored, at least the version I watched or anything like that. Even the copy that I have on DVD, it's like, it's not terrible. I've definitely seen a lot worse, but there's definitely some scenes that are extremely grainy and dark. Oh, yeah. So, you've seen this before. You sold it to me as, hey, it's Dracula and the Wolfman. Yes, and it would, and during World War II. 
this wolf man, I fucking hate. I hate him so much. Oh my god, I wish he wasn't in. I despise this wolf man. Andreas. Oh my god, he's to me, worst. Andreas. I do hate this wolf man, but he's how he plays is extremely funny. It's funny, but it doesn't exactly make a fun watching experience. Well, at one moment, the Wolfman will take five minutes to transform. And another moment, he's in a fight. And, like, within a split second, he goes from completely normal man to fully haired out and, like, Wolfman. I know. It's very inconsistent. <laughs> Maybe yes. it's, like, if he needs to, he can quicker. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it's so weird. It, but, like, the transforming takes forever. Oh, yeah, for a very long camera shot in every second of a frame. Let's take a few more hairs off. Let's oh, take a few point, more hairs off. To the point of, like, there's a few frames of it of, like, is it anything changing? Is my DVD stuck? Like, no, it's still playing. I see, like, a few <laughs> hairs missing. Like, hurry up. This is only a 69-minute movie. Why are you stretching time? Oh, they stretch it. Um, this sounds like an insult, and I guess it is a little bit, but I, I do want to point out it's also praise for what Bella's done otherwise, too. This movie makes me really think it wasn't just Universal doing it super early that got them the House of Horror, you know what I mean? Like, moniker. Like, what they yeah. were doing was special when you watch these Universal monster movies. Man, they just have something to them that isn't easily replicated, I should say. Well, that's why everyone talks about the Universal Monsters, not the Columbia Picture Monsters. Exactly. That's like, it's not just that they were doing it early. They actually had, like, this special spark to them. Then when I watch those, I'm enthralled, I'm entertained, I don't care that they're from the 30s, you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. having just as good a time as anything else. I'm watching this, I'm feeling the age in it, you know what I mean? Yeah, even the 1940s Universal stuff that is not as good as, like, of course, the 30s stuff, it's still better in ways than the other, like, companies that tried to do the, oh, we need a monster movie thing. Yeah. So you want to get into this? Yes, let's record this fucker. Uh, there's no way I was letting you skip that one for today. <laughs> Which is so funny, because like, I just found this two-part documentary on YouTube all about Bella Lugosi, some YouTuber did. Which is like, I already know like everything. It's just like, oh, he put it in a new way. I like this. <laughs> and um, he brings up in that about, in Ed Wood, like, Bella's angry and cussing and everything. He's like, in real life, Bella never cussed, and he was usually always happy. <laughs> Oh, so we've been doing a fake thing this entire time? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I knew that, too, but it's just fun. All right, so it starts on October 15th. It's a gloomy night. We're in a graveyard, and wolf. this wolfman, Andreas, as we'll come to know him, goes into this, I guess it's a crypt? Yeah, it's a crypt in a graveyard, and he always has a package with him for some reason. Uh, we know what it is at least once. Well, it's like clothes and stuff. Yeah, he goes in there to wake up the vampire. I I almost called him Dracula already. It's not Dracula. Uh, no, <laughs> copyright. Exactly, and he goes, she is still alive, master. Yeah, and we just get glimpses and shadows of Bella as the vampire in this. We don't really get the full reveal until later. No, and when we do later, it's him under the guise of almost being human, too, so it's weird. Yeah. 
Yeah. They don't really like it's almost like they skip the beginning part of Dracula where he's in like the creepy rundown manner and it goes right to he's at the dinner party in his tuxedo. Yes. <laughs> Professor Saunders is studying the blood of a woman and the patient doesn't like the light and she goes they're like turn the light on around her and everything. She goes, No, I didn't tell them just shouting to nothing, so what the hell's going on here? Well, you hear wolves outside her window, and, like, the wind blows and knocks some beakers over and stuff. So it's definitely that thing of, like, Dracula is about. Because remember, Dracula can be wolves, he can be mist. Yeah, I'm glad they play with the mists and stuff in this one, too. Yeah, and, um... Because, yeah, the mist thing is interesting, and they don't do it a whole lot, but when they do it, I like it. Yeah, exactly. And... The window breaks, and Dr. Ainsley pronounces her dead. Which also, like, keep talking about, like, and this is a thing throughout the whole movie of, like, the vampire marks, like, the teeth marks on the neck. Everyone's, like, a lot of times they're, like, actually spaced apart correctly. In a couple scenes, it's, like, Nosferatu snuck in because they're, like, way too close. Oh, dude, and they're so tiny, like, they're pinpricks in this. Oh, yeah, that's a, it, it, the wimpiest little fangs. This is another thing of, like, Dracula, these are not Dracula fangs. Dracula fangs, like, you suck a McDonald's straw in there. Girthy, hearty fangs! There was a kid I went to high school with, Brett, who got his first tattoo. You know, first tattoo is typically somewhere you could hide it or something like that. Yeah. His first tattoo was vampire bites with blood dripping out of them on his neck. Oh, Jesus Christ. In high school. Oh, God. <laughs> I wonder when what he's went, up to these days. And when we went to high school, that was like the height of Twilight. So was it oh, that? Oh, yes, it was. I don't know. I'm not sure. I We had a kid in my school that uh, filed his teeth down to points, and he got in a lot of trouble by his parents. Oh, my God, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Later that night, the vampire appears in this little girl Nikki's room. She screams, and the camera cuts. Yeah, fucking Tesla vampire kills a kid. He doesn't kill the kid. Well, he, he drinks some blood. Yeah, he's but trying. He's in the process. Yeah, he comes back for that kid when she's an adult. Yeah. Okay, so in this version of a vampire, do you not turn people? Because isn't most of the time you bite them and they turn, or you bite them and drink them dead? Isn't that <sighs> most of the time what happens? It's so different from movie to movie of most of the classic lore, yes. If you bite them, like, once and just, like, take some blood out, they turn into a vampire. But if you drink all of them, they die. There's other ones where, like, Renfield, where, like, he's almost hip more hypnotized and kind of bitten and infected by the vampire. But he doesn't turn into a vampire. It's more of a ghoul type thing. Like, I'm fine with the lore changing, I just need to know what lore I'm working with. Yeah, it doesn't make it extremely um, clear. Because they also keep using metal spikes, and the classic thing is it has to be wood. Yeah, yeah, there's a Unless lot it's Dracula AD 1972 and it's a dagger. Or a cold shower. Yeah, or a cold shower, yes. No one likes those. <laughs> but the professor later tells Jane that a vampire is what killed the patient from before. And, of course, she doesn't put too much thought into this. But then the nanny, I guess we'll call her, runs in and tells them that they can't wake Nikki. They go up and they see the fang marks on her neck. Right. 
it tells Jane he's been reading the writings of a scientist, Armin Tesla. And oh. in his writings, that he details how to kill a vampire. Okay, question time. Sure. You're Armin Tesla. Spoiler alert, he's Bella Lugosi. He is the vampire. Yes. Why are you writing on how to kill vampires for mere mortals to find? Well, they mentioned later in the movie that Tesla was obsessed with vampires up until his death, and then that's where they believe that he became one. So, this was probably published when he was still just an obsessed goth boy in the late 1700s, before he became the vampire. He's like, fuck! That's already been published! (laughs) Shit, I put my greatest weaknesses out for the public. I also included a sketch of myself. Yes. (laughs) But that night, Jane and... What's his name? The professor go walking through the graveyard, and they follow footprints to the crypt. Was he barefoot? (laughs) These are straight up, like, whose footprints are they following? The werewolf. But they they just look like regular human footprints. Well, this werewolf also, the only way he's a werewolf is he grows a ton of hair. He can still talk. Like, it's almost like when the Hulk becomes like it's like bruce banner can talk normal but then it's like hulk smash and he's like talks differently i guess he's stronger as the werewolf but but also like entranced by dracula when he's the werewolf yeah because uh andreas the person is like he's horrible i hate him and as soon as the vampire comes back he's like and turns him back into the werewolf like person that's like at his beck and call it's just like i've been waiting for you master (laughs) but they open the coffin and i love james still like wait we can't just kill him this could be a regular man that'd be murder what man is sleeping in the coffin in the crypt in the graveyard yeah i'm pretty sure you're okay on this one here (laughs) but they do the mirror test and i love the like, poofy, like, starch shirt that they show in the reflection to prove he doesn't cast a reflection. <laughs> yeah, they don't do the, there's just, like, the entire vampire disappears, like, clothes and all. No, it's just the person. Like, so you could, a vampire could, uh, the only way to be completely invisible in front of the mirror is if you're naked. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but they start staking him, and big metal stake, they're hammering it in, and the wolfman comes in, Carrying a package, I guess, uh, I got your mail. mail again. He <laughs> yeah. comes in, and he also, like, grabs his chest and falls over, but he doesn't die. He turns back as the vampire is killed. Yeah, extremely slowly, hair by hair, they remove it. Take a frame. Remove one hair. Take a frame! It's like, okay. Then we cut to clearly many, many years later. We learn that Professor Saunders, the one who killed the vampire with James, died in a plane crash. And Sir Frederick is reading his reports that he wrote on the vampire and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I he think thinks it's, it's like, a it's like twenty couple years later, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he thinks it's a load of hogwash, Brett. Oh yes, and it's all about um, was it the one the other partner died? So now it's like oh, so there's all of these writings about you two basically murdered a man. So, you're going to be put in prison. And now she has to prove, like, no, it was a vampire. I'll take you to the body. Exactly. Um, 
And we learned the she says the vampire was Armin Tesla and all this kind of stuff. And then later, Nazi bomber planes randomly fly over the city. People take shelter and bombs hit. This movie has a surprisingly large count of the dead from this particular scene, Brett. <laughs> really? Yeah, I noticed because some of them get back up and the others stay laying there, I'm assuming dead. <laughs> yeah, the Nazis, for some reason, are obsessed with bombing, like, it's particularly this one graveyard. They know! Yeah. <laughs> like, keep that vampire down! Or, no, they were all into, like, evil mysticism stuff. Maybe they're like, we'll bring him back and he'll be, like, our new best friend. Little did they know, Bella Lugosi hated Nazis. Yes. But uh, that's all. It's just there for like a minute. And then yeah. later, the two. What are these bumbling buffoons? Are they police? Are they just grave workers? What are they? I believe from the many times that I've seen this, like, because they're kind of dressed like military people. So kind I'm thinking of? it's like they sent these two guys that work for the military out to like rebury these bodies and like. We won't let them disturb our dead, you know. But I love these two so much because they're the bumbling, like, graveyard people. And it's like, the Queen's duty must be done. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, these this, big bushy mustaches and everything. The one guy, um, I think it was Horace, uh, Bill Bevan, Billy Bevan, he was a silent movie comedian who they brought back so many years later with this. He was in Dracula's Daughter as well. Oh, okay. But they find the vampire's body there, and they assume, like, it's a piece of shrapnel from the bot bombing, <laughs> like, went through his chest. They're like, well, that's not proper. Here, there's an empty grave here. Let's go ahead and yank that out. It's <laughs> great. The one goes down to, like, pull the stake out, and then he's like, oh, no, no, no. Horace, you do it. Yeah, they, they yank the stake out of his chest, and a sound... What is the sound that they hear right when they pull it out? Well, there's like a gasp of like, well, it's, oh, like, okay. it's Tesla coming back to life. Okay, they hear a sound, but then they rebury him in just this empty grave here. Yeah, and it's because then, like, they rebury him, and uh, later we get a great uh, Dracula coming out of the actual dirt, that's actually right now. It just cuts to night with him coming out. So perfect. I'm pretty sure also Ed Wood saw this movie and was like, I love those caretakers. I'm going to write a scene with people just like them. Very much so. Um, at night, the ground swells and the vampire rises from the grave. Yes. And then Andreas, who now works for Jane and everything at the lab and just has a regular normal life, is walking around and found by the vampire. And Armin Tesla is just staring at him like, Andreas. So he's like, no, you were dead. All this kind of stuff. I escaped your power 22 years ago. You have no power over me. And Bella just gives him those eyes. And it's like, oh, you, you got me back. Look at me, Andreas. And he becomes Wolfman again. This is also the first time we get the full Bella reveal. Like, we actually see him. There's also the yeah. great scene when he comes out of the grave and he walks up to the hill in the cemetery and there's all this mist going. There's like a creepy tree and it's the outline of Dracula or a vampire. It looks really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Not Dracula, Brett. I know. He's trying. He tells Andreas to ready a coffin with his native soil. Then we get. Andreas walking through the war-torn city to 
to where Armand is sleeping, and he goes down there, and he goes, Here, Master, I killed a man for his clothes and his identification, and you can now take his identity, which is Dr. Bruckner. Yeah, which it's really funny later when it's the reveal of like what Bruckner actually looks like. I know we'll get there later, but I love it. Um, but it's like, yes, I... Uh, I tie I tied rocks to his feet and threw him in the river. <laughs> like it's just like he revels in the evilness of it. Yeah. <laughs> this is clearly before photo ID too. Oh yeah, well yeah, this is back when like yeah, we took his wallet and the ring that he wore all the time and threw him in the river. No one will know who he is. <laughs> uh Jane takes Sir Frederick to where they buried Tesla and Oh, he's not there. Are you sure? So I guess she's not getting charged with murder because there's no body. Now she just looks crazy. Right. It's also because last we saw um, Tesla, bef- like that she saw him, uh, he was in the crypt. It is said later that it's like, oh, yes, we carried him out here and buried him in an unmarked grave so no one could ever find him. Who did they know Nazis were going to show up and blow him out of the ground? It's another thing they've done. <laughs> but... Later, we're cut to an engagement party for Nikki, the little girl from the beginning of the movie who was bitten before they killed him originally. And Dr. Bruckner arrives to this engagement party and meets Jane. Definitely reminds you a lot of from the 31 Dracula of like, they're like, who could do this? And then Dracula's announced and comes into the room. Yes, exactly. Count Dracula! Yeah. But she gives him a tour of the lab and hires him as the new doctor on the spot. Like, well, we would love it if you'd be our new doctor. Okay. He, he immediately is like, oh, yes, it's, it's an engagement party, right? I think they're at. Yes. Where it's like, oh, yes, I uh, understand that you are to be engaged. You're to be married. Well, you're very beautiful. I hope to see you again. And she's just immediately like in the vampire spell of just like, yes. Yes, Not fiance. Jane, the young girl Nikki. Yes, fiance. Who? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he's hired as the new doctor. And look, as much kind of shit as I'm talking on this movie, no joke. None of the Bella Lugosi stuff it really counted into this because when he's on screen, I'm very entertained. I'm engaged and everything like this. It's yeah. so much of this. Well, I don't know. What about you? What do you think? I think we should go like all this stuff in between that I can't take. Well, this is also, like, just reminds me of, like, well, this is a better version of a lot of these kind of movies I watch, of most of the movie is people talking in a room about the thing, and then finally the thing happens for the last five minutes. And I'm like, yay, let's watch it again! What was it that Creature Features just showed? It was, like, Attack of the Giant Crab or something? It is just a lot of people wandering around on the beach and in caves, and then finally, like, a horrible crab shows up. <laughs> Days later, Dr. Saunders' manuscript was stolen from the drawer, and he realizes it was taken that night at the party. And the manuscript shows up in Nikki's room, and she reads it. And that night, Tesla calls to Nikki in her sleep, Come to me! And she meets him in his lab, and she knows who he is from reading the manuscript. And you are mine forever now. Yeah, it's like, you know who I am. It's like, yes, I know that you're Tesla, but Tesla's dead. It's like, I cannot die. Later, we cut to Jane talking to the two grave workers, and they tell her they pulled the spike out of a man, and they heard a loud gasp and reburied him. 
They show her the new grave site. They dig it up and realize there's nothing in there. But she's like, where did you get that ring to the one worker? And he's wearing <laughs> the vampire's ring, and he gives it to Jane. Well, he's like, well, I found it there on the ground, miss. And it's like, oh, yes, that came off the corpse. And he's immediately, like, petrified and gives it to Jane. But it's, um, where do you think the ring came from? It's just laying in the dirt in a graveyard that was just bombed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's Some people are starting to put some things together and everything. And the police follow Andreas and they try to apprehend him in the alleyway. And this is a lot of tugging and pulling on him. Like, come here, come here. Like, just pulling him back and forth. Then they happen to pull him right out of camera frame, Brett. And then when he comes back into frame, he's all wolfed out. It's literally for like one second. Of he went out of the camera frame, one second later he comes back full werewolf. Like, how the f- quickly does that happen? Is it like Wolverine with his claws? He's just like snicked, snicked, but with hair? I have no idea how it works. <laughs> but the two cops tell Sir Frederick, and he doesn't believe them at all, but they give him some of the hair and he pockets it in this little baggie, but matches it to the hair that was from the stolen manuscript in the desk, and realizes it's the same thing, and he has it studied, and like, it's not human, it's wolf hair. Yeah, and he holds up the two, like, samples side by side, and he, like, slinks down into his chair, he's like, first it was vampires, then dead bodies escaping from coffins, now werewolves! Then this guy's just here to be the skeptic character the entire time until the very end of the movie. Exactly. Bella calls the Nikki again that night and goes, you must go to him. Then Nikki goes and sees her fiancé, John, and bites him. <laughs> the next morning, John's discovered passed out with fang marks. And when they're talking, to her, like, I have never seen her eyes like that. It's like he's terrified. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also, like, funny because, like, usually it's like they go in for the neck and it pulls away and you never really see anything at all. This one, it's like she, her mouth gets, like, ex- Extremely big, not like comically big, but just like, like she's taking a big bite of a steak. (laughs) It's like she can unhinge her jaw. Yeah, like, but the next, the next day, like, Dr. Bruckner says it could be a vampire. Why would he say this? Yeah, why is this your first thing you're jumping to? Why does this benefit you? Because Dr. Bruckner, mind you, is Tesla. Why is he giving his own secrets away? It doesn't make any sense at all. But Jane and Sir Frederick Frederick interrogate Andreas, and they see he has hairy hands. Oh, yeah, because he's, like, hiding (laughs) his hands behind his back. They're like, show us your hands. He's like, "Mm mm-mm. I'm not even going to take the obvious joke. Nope. Oh, oh, yeah, they was jerking off too much? Yes. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) He jumps out the window and runs away. Well, he immediately is like, you'll never find the master. He's my best friend. Wee! And yeah, he like jumps out the window and scurries away. Well, like, because this is England, they stand there and like, whistle, whistle. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you there, stop! For the queen! <laughs> I got a proper mind to arrest you! <laughs> Lucky I have my tea. I don't want to get hot. <laughs> they go to Bruckner, a.k.a. Tesla. A.K.A. Bella Lugosi's room. And he's not there. But the guy at the front of the apartment is like, Oh, I'm sure he's in there. He hasn't come. I've been here the entire time. And Sir Frederick at this time tells Jane that I know he's not the real D- 
Dr. Bruckner. Look at this about his file I dug up, and it talks about how he's what, a heavy set man who walks with a limp. Did they say he was bald or something? He, he's a bald, fat man that walks with a limp. He's definitely not the dashing and handsome Bella Lugosi. No, absolutely not. But they find the ring, which Jane had, so he obviously stole it back, and the mirror turned backwards. Look, I get you don't cast a reflection, but the reflections don't bother him. Why is it turned backwards? Uh, well, I guess just in case someone came into the room when he was in there and they looked in the mirror. I guess so. That makes sense. He's just like, I already know well enough. Just that you see a mirror, it's going to be an issue. Sometime later, Tesla leaves the apartment and goes down to the front. And the guy at the desk is shocked because how he wasn't there a little bit ago. He's like, I've been in my room the entire time. Yeah, so I'm guessing he just, like, turns to mist and just, like, hangs out somewhere or something. Or he's just, like, in the basement. Or goes out the window and flies, like, as a bat or something. I don't know. Ex- excuse me, where are your armadillos? I do not <laughs> seem to find any in your basement. But two detectives who are hanging out in the lobby, like, follow him. One's outside, one's in the lobby. He literally walks out the door and disappears. And the other walks out right after him, bumps into the other one. Like, he just came out here. No one came out here in a big argument and everything. They've already lost him. Well, yeah, they argue about it for, like, two minutes straight. Of like, well, I just saw him come out this door. Well, I've been here this whole time. No one came out the door. Well, I just saw him come out this door. Well, where could he have gone then? Well, I'm not sure. (laughs) Next we get Tesla shows up as Jane's playing the organ. Then he shows up, and she knows who he is. And he's very, like, just like, yeah, you got me. But you're too late to stop what I've set out to do. You know, he's villain monologuing here. Yes. And he's going to take Nikki and leave, but Jane reveals a cross to him, and I thought, oh, <laughs> he yeah. turns into Miss. But in my head, because I don't know what kind of vampire lore we're playing with here, she takes out the cross, and I thought he exploded. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what it seemed like watching this, imagine watching it for the very first time, being like, holy shit, is that it? But yeah, she's like, reveals like a neon cross off of the piano, and it like casts the shadow on him. He's like, Rah! <laughs> yeah, and he turns yeah. to mist. But yeah, like, he explodes into mist. Yes. And he calls to Nikki, he goes, you must follow my voice. This is at night at some point. She starts walking down the stairs, and Jane and Sir Frederick follow her. You know, very classic Dracula stuff here. Because they're just standing in the parlor, just talking like these movies do. They love their parlors. Very much. It'll be like, oh, it's 11 p.m., what are you doing here? As they're in tuxedos. like, <laughs> Yeah, they're fully dressed until sleep. But they see her coming down the stairs, and it's almost like they start calling out to her. It's like, no, wait, like, she will lead us to him. Yep, you know, pretty easy to put together, but they do. Basically, we're using her as bait. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so they follow her to the graveyard, and of course, here comes the Nazi bombers again. (laughs) And it's the exact same footage they used earlier, too, just played again. (laughs) Of course. But they bomb, and... They're, like, hiding from the bombs in the graveyard, and everything. quick, jump over here! But then Andreas is in the graveyard and picks up Nikki, but Sir Frederick shoots him in the chest. He's injured, and this is just going to chaos, and I can't keep yeah. up, because uh, Andreas carries Nikki down to the crypt with Tesla, but Tesla won't save Andreas. He goes, you've outlived your loose use to me. You may crawl into the corner. He goes, now remain there and die. 
Yeah, it's like, Master, please help me. You promised me eternal life. He's like, I don't need you anymore. I have bitches. <laughs> Just like a typical asshole. Ditches his dog once he gets a girlfriend. Oh, yeah, it is. Well, like, I don't need you anymore. Now she's going to do everything for me. Uh, you, yeah, crawl in the corner and die like a dog. Yeah, it's so mean. <laughs> uh, what we do in the shadows played with this in a fun way. Where like Nandor put a like spell, like hypnotized his wife to think like everything that he thought and said was perfect, and she agreed with it. And at first, he's like, "This is amazing," and then like two episodes later, he's like, "This is the most boring shit ever." <laughs> <laughs> but Andreas not gonna take this line down. He finds a crucifix that was buried under the dirt, and as he grabs it, he turns human. And he's human, Andreas, again, and he holds it up to Tesla, well, and right then, bombs hit, and just out of nowhere, so no one knows what happens, but Andreas and Nikki wake up, and Andreas carries Tesla into the sun, he looks up, and this, I love, like, that they actually play with why do vampires wear capes to shield themselves from the sun, because he yeah. does try shielding himself with the cape and everything, but then Andreas stakes him, and... We don't know what happened, really, but Jane and Sir Frederick show up, they get Nikki, and they find Andreas dead and the remains of Armand Tesla. This has to be one of the earliest versions of a vampire melting after being staked or put in the sun, because we get, like, a wax figure of Bella that, like, melts for, like, a half a second. We see, like, his cheek fall off, and then later they go back over to the body and it's, like, a skull surrounded by goop. I didn't know if it was a wax figure of Bella or if they literally put some wax on Bella that was melting. I couldn't uh, I don't think they would have done that. Oh, I didn't know. But then they're talking about, what did we see here and everything? And Sir Frederick's like, do you believe in vampires? Do you? To the people there. And he turns directly to camera and say, do you believe in vampires? And then the end. Yeah, they're breaking the third wall in the 40s. Fourth or wall. The fourth wall. Yeah, it just looks right into the camera. Do you believe in vampires? And the end. Yeah. And that's Return of the Vampire. That is. And so the return isn't like, this isn't a sequel. It's because he died at the beginning and then returned. Yeah, so it's like, it's, it's weird where like, we get like a tiny mini movie at the beginning of like the vampire dying once. And then he dies once again, like in almost the exact same place, almost the exact same way. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like Evil Dead 2, how they have like a mini Evil Dead 1 at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so, any final thoughts before we get into this stuff? Um, I know you have to be a certain kind of horror fan to really love this kind of movie. I love these slow kind of movies. I also love Terrifier 2. I know after we do our huge Dracula run here and like Vampire run, I'm going to have to like watch like hatchet or terrifier two or something like brand new and like gruesome to like, okay, that's also the other side. But right now I'm having such a fun time watching all of these. It's your birthday. I'm not going to complain that bad. Yeah. I'm 30. I'm, I'm already basically dead. I'm looking into nursing homes. I got a grave plot picked out. I'm getting a walker hey, next week. I, I've been this way for a little bit. Poor intern Corey's already like 65. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, you want to get count of the dead? It's getting to the count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah.
All right, the Throbbing Horror Count of the Dead's where I tally up all the deaths in the movie. Um, I'll say this, Armand Tesla did not get Jason ruled because he is not Dracula. Right. And we, as far as we know, he never returns ever again. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we're ever seeing that. And we had some deaths from the Bombers and a few others. Where do you think we got? Um, fuck. The Bomber one kind of took me, because when you said that, I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I had um, to rewind and count. I'm going to say then 18. Oh, there wasn't that many. Okay, um, fuck. <laughs> knock, knock that one off. We got eight. Oh, okay. But still not bad. Yeah, more than I expected. Yeah. Well, that's great. Scout of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> uh, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll write the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. I come up with that thing right now. All right, so as far as classic monsters go, like Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Mummy, you know, Creature, uh, there's so many different versions of some of them. Some of them done extremely well, some of them not. Bella in this movie, of course, is perfect, so we can't fault him for anything. But this werewolf. (laughs) So I'm going to do versions of werewolves in cinema history. Okay. So a number one version of a werewolf, the worst version of a werewolf, this one's pretty up there. This it's, is. I don't know if I count it as the worst, but it's it's up there. I'm trying to think of like another like worst one, and there has to be. Like there's all those CGI horrible Universal Monster remakes that I hate. What's the werewolf from Twilight? You could say him. Jacob, he's just a big dog. It's not good. I don't even know, to be honest, if I'd say he's the worst, to be honest. Um, A number 10, of course, is Lon Chaney Jr. There's no better at what made made me love werewolves. It's If I'm in a werewolf mood, it's what I directly go to. Okay. I'm going to give The Return of the Vampire seven werewolves out of ten. Most of that is for Bella. The three points that got lost where the werewolf was pretty horrible even though he was funny um the story is definitely not as tight as universal does and not as good but bella's in it he's a vampire it's fun i love it i went significantly lower than you not to rain on your parade here i figured i went four werewolves out of ten not as bad as i thought it was gonna be it wasn't awful. This is not a movie I will rewatch. Like, I know right. that now. But, like, it was, some parts were a legit slog to get through. I kept having to pause. I think because I told you, because I watched it over the course of a day or two. You're like, did yeah. you finish it yet? I'm like, no, I will. But, like, when those fun parts would kick on, I was, I was having a blast. But there was just so much of the other stuff that kind of weighed it down. And just, like, things that just don't make any sense, but not in the necessarily fun way. Like, it's fun yeah. here to joke about, but watching it, not so much. But the other stuff's really good. I like some of the things they actually played with. Like, this is an early case of actually seeing the vampire turn into mist, which was really cool. Yeah. I did enjoy that. So it has some things going for it that's really cool, too. Early vampire melting. Exactly. But yeah, unless you have anything else, man. No, that's all I think I got on The Return of the Vampire. All right, well, stick around, because uh, coming out today, we have Shadow of the Vampire, which is, I think, from 2000 or something. But I can't wait to review that, and I can't wait to have have Greg watch it. Yes, I'm excited. I've always wanted to watch that movie. I never got around to it. Yeah, it's fun. I can't wait. 
Um, so we hope that the return of the vampire has left your brain throbbing with horror. This brings to close another episode of Throbbing with Horror. But fret not, friends. Another episode will be coming next week. Same time, same place. Be sure to check us out on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin wherever you find your quality social media. 